Blog Talk Radio. technical difficulties. We have been having technical difficulties for the past two days, actually. And so um, we got half of those fixed. I just need to go in and and tell you because I want to apologize to you that we have not been able to uh, completely fix those. I just got off the phone with my um, cell phone carrier. and they are working on things from their end, and they have done pretty much as uh, as much as they can do for now. But now I do I have regained access to the platform, and so um, after much consternation and waiting to see if those technical difficulties have been fixed, now we can actually start tonight's program. So I want to thank you guys for your patience. I want to thank you, those of you who are listening in, and um, we appreciate you. So I just want to give honor to God. I thank God for the opportunity to come before you once again to present uh, the Word of God and also to, you know, hopefully hear back from you, get some feedback from you about tonight's program. So we want to thank God for this opportunity, and um, i just go ahead and, and give a short prayer. Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity. We thank you, Lord, that we can come together and share the word of God, and we know, God, that people will be blessed because it's your word, not mine, and your word is nothing short of a blessing. It is a blessing, and we thank you, God, that the listeners will be able to glean from this. And I thank you, Lord, that you're going to bless the speaker to speak the way you would have me speak tonight. And we just thank you, Lord, for your grace, for your mercy, and for your power. In Jesus' name, we pray, of course, amen. So tonight what we're talking about is reputation. And this is very informal. For those of you who follow the show, you know that you know I, uh, I'm not as formal as some, but not as informal as others. And so this is going to be uh, informal, 
And but we're just going to talk about reputation. Tation. And I'm going to take my time as I do this. I have nowhere to be tonight. <laughs> so um, I'm just going to go through a couple of points, a couple of keys that I was able to to pick up as I thought about reputation. I mean, good reputation. Of course, there are bad. there's bad reputation, too, but we're not really honing in on bad reputation tonight. We're going to talk about good reputation. And as I put my glasses on, so I can see properly. I just, I just want to spend some time talking about, you know, basically what is reputation. I mean, if you think about it, reputation could take an entire lifetime, good reputation to build, right? Entire lifetime, doing the right things, making the right decisions, and, um. You know, being surrounded by the right people, so to speak. And, um, you know, basically just having yourself in situations that you would expect for a person who's trying to build a good reputation to be in, right? And so, basically... Reputation. Reputation. It only takes a second to destroy a reputation. That's it. One lack of judgment. One poor decision. And everything you built could come crumbling down. We've seen it so many times. Seen it so many times. You know. If you have a good reputation, it could affect your employment. People will employ you because you have a good reputation. You've, we've all heard sometimes it's not what you know, but who you know based on your reputation, right? So we have to be careful with that. Reputation. You can receive favor in business or a business deal because you have a good reputation, you know, I, when I was in sales, I used to hear people say, well, word of mouth is the best best way to get sales. Word of mouth. Well, why? Because you build a great reputation. You've been fair. You've been ethical. You've been conscientious about the things you say, the things you do, the people you deal with, who you surround yourselves with, the decisions you make. You have a good reputation. So people want to do business with you. Right? They want to do business with you. Conversely, you could be the type of person that has a bad reputation and no one wants to do business with you. You don't have that particular favor. Right? You, you just don't have it. You don't have it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Because of some things you've done, some decisions you've made. You know, people will shy away from you. There are businesses now that are suffering because of poor reputation. Poor reputation. And so, you know, we have to be careful with that. You want to always put yourself in a situation where you have a good reputation among people. Now, 
Reputation and rumor is two different things. Now, some people have confused reputation with rumor. Not the same. Not the same. Matter of fact, before we really get into this tonight, let's talk about what reputation is. Let's define it. Reputation. So according to Merriam-Webster, that's the dictionary I use the most, one definition of reputation says overall quality or character as seen or judged by people in general. Let me read it again. Overall quality or character as seen or judged by people in general. Right? Number two, recognition by other people of some characteristic or ability. For example, he has the reputation of being clever. So people are recognizing your characteristic or a characteristic or ability. You have that reputation about you. And in, in this example, the person is believed to be clever. A place in public esteem or regard, good name, trying to protect his reputation. And we're going to talk about that too. Protecting your good reputation. Protecting your good reputation. And that's vitally important. Vitally important. And we're going to get into how do you protect a, your good reputation. You're building a good reputation. You built a good reputation. How do you protect it? How do you keep it safe? We're going to get into that. Reputation. I'll go back to the first definition. Overall quality or character as seen or judged by people in general. Right? That's reputation. Now, let's talk quickly about Rumor. Rumor. Let's contrast the two. Because they are not the same. They're not the same. Merriam-Webster says, Rumor is talk or opinion widely disseminated with no discernible source. See that? So anybody can start a rumor. There There doesn't need to be a source. But anyone can start a rumor. It's not based on anything particularly, or at least it doesn't have to be. Talk or opinion widely disseminated with no discernible source. That's terrible. And some of us have been victims of rumor. Rumor that is not even remotely true. Okay, let alone actually true. Rumor, a statement or report current without known authority for its truth. So we see that a lot, unfortunately, and I'm not getting into that, but we get into it, but we see it a lot in politics. One politician will start a rumor about another politician, not even true. Not even true. No source to back it up. It's just a claim. It's just it's just a rumor. There's nothing to it. Nothing. 
Then third, it says talk or report of a notable person or event. Rumor. And lastly, as far as rumor, to tell or spread by rumor. Now, there are some rumors that, you know, some people might think are good. I'm, I'm going to spread this rumor about them, but it's a good rumor. Yeah, but guess what? It still may not be based on anything truthful, necessarily. You might want to call it a fish story. Well, how big was that, that fish? Well, the fish was probably six inches big, the one you caught. But by the time the story has been told so many times, the rumor has it, the fish was two feet long, where it really was only six inches. See that? See that? That's rumor. Rumor. And so we have to be careful with that. But really, we're going to talk about good reputation tonight. Good reputation. And when I think about reputation, and I, I think about some of my favorite characters from Bible, I think about Barnabas. Barnabas, who was at one time the partner of Paul. They went on missionary journey together. Right? Barnabas. You find him in Acts chapter 11. And it always fascinated me when I read about, when I read about Barnabas because it's so, it's so wonderful what's written about him in Acts chapter 11 verse 24. And this is what it says of Barnabas. It says, for he was a good man, a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith. And much people was added unto the Lord. So this man had a ministry before he met Paul. And, and he had built up a great reputation with the church because he was faithful. And he was a good man, the Bible says. A good man. Full of the Holy Ghost and of faith. He's full of faith. And so his ministry was powerful. And people came to know who the Lord was because of Barnabas' Barnabas's faithfulness, his good reputation, his faith. And oh, by the way, he was full of the Holy Ghost. I really enjoy reading about his character. And I would encourage you to do the same. Acts chapter 11, verse 24. Barnabas, who was, by the way, a Levite, a, a priest actually born in Cyprus. And Barnabas wasn't really his, his real name, but he was known as Barnabas. But his real name was actually Joseph. Joseph. And you read about that in Acts chapter 4, verse 36. But they called him Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. Or son of exhortation. This is a man who enjoyed serving others. And you read about that in Acts chapter 4 verse 36 and 37. So he enjoyed serving others. Oh that I wish we had more people today. 
who truly enjoyed serving others who were not looking for something in return, but they truly enjoyed serving others. So what we what I think about when I read about Barnabas, this is a man with a true servant's heart. This is a true servant right here. True servant of the Lord and servant for the people. And, and a couple of things I took note of about Barnabas is he built a good reputation because his peers trusted him. They trusted him. Okay? He was anointed. He prepared himself. And when he was ready, the Lord sent him to go find Paul, sent him through the Jewish leaders to go find Paul, who was at first named Saul. I think we all know that. And then he was sent. See, he wasn't sent before he was ready. But he was anointed. And when he was ready, he was sent. Even though he already had a ministry now, the man was already anointed. He was already ready, but the Lord had use for him, and he and Paul went on a missionary journey together. So his faithfulness, his wisdom with obedience put him in position to receive that assignment. I can't stress that enough. His faithfulness, his wisdom, coupled with his obedience put him in position so you have to be put in position to do things the Lord wants you to do but he will also prepare you and the rate in which he prepares you is up to him you just be willing to be prepared and your willingness to be prepared right is a part of your what good reputation it's part of your good reputation you know, you can be an unfaithful person. You can be unfaithful and say you're going to do things, say you're going to be faithful in accomplishing a task. And we'll see how often people around you want to confide in you, want to rely on you, and we'll see how often God uses you to accomplish what he needs. If you're an unfaithful person, complete opposite of Barnabas, complete opposite. Boniface, Barnabas was trusted, anointed. He was ready and he was sent. His faithfulness, wisdom and obedience put him in position to receive that assignment. He was faithful. He had a good Reputation. The church just trusted him. They relied on him because he knew he they knew he could be called upon to get things done. Which I believe that's why they called him in the first place to go meet and find Paul and work with Paul. But there are many characters in the Bible who exhibit that type of faithfulness, right? Barnabas just happens to be one of my favorite. Who are your favorite? Who are your favorite characters in the Bible that are noted to have a good reputation? There's many. Because a good reputation 
You have to protect it. Because as I said in my opening monologue, you can lose it in an instant. You can lose it so quickly. Very quickly. Very quickly. Which brings me to my next character I want to talk about. We all know and love him. We've read so many stories about him. And of course, that would be King David. King David. When you read 1 Samuel chapter 21, right? It lets us know that, that you know, David, David was a powerful man. You think about it. David, his entire life, he built up a, a great reputation. Yes, yes, indeed. There were some bumps along the way. We know that. Let me just get that out of the way right now because I'm sure there's somebody in their mind saying, yeah, but he did such and such. Yeah, but remember, and see, but guess what? God still called him a man after his own heart. Did he not? David was a future king who had been anointed as king years earlier by the prophet Samuel. Right? When he was just a boy or a teenager, rather. I mean, David has such a great reputation that even his enemies, the Philistines, knew about the songs that people sang about David. I mean, they made up songs about David. This is before he was king now. This is before he was king. When you read 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 4 to 7, and I'm just going to read that to put this in proper perspective because I believe you, you have to use the word, right? You have to use the Bible. So this is what it says. It says in verse 4, And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was upon him and gave it to David and his garments, even to his sword and to his bow and to his girdle. And David, verse 5, and David went out whithsoever Saul sent him and behaved himself wisely. And Saul sent him over the men of war, and he was accepted in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. Verse 6, and it came to pass as they came, when David was returned from the slaughter of the Philistines, that the women, check this out, that the women came out of all cities of Israel, singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tabards, with joy, and with instruments of music. Verse 7, and the women answered one another as they played and said, Saul, and this is, this is the song, this is the song. It says, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. My Lord and my God. See, when you take time and effort to build your reputation, others will notice. Others will notice because, see, in building up your reputation, your good reputation, you have to use wisdom along the way. 
you have to be very calculating on what you say and what you do. David did that. He was very careful. He was very careful. So David, in this particular passage, has received honor from women, from people coming out, and they're playing instruments, and they're singing. Saul has slain his thousands, and David his ten thousands. And of course, you know what happened. (laughs) You know what happened in the verses after this, when you read Psalm, I'm sorry, 1 Samuel 18. You know what happened. Saul hears this. Saul is the king. David is with him. They're returning from the slaughter of the Philistines. And who do you think got jealous of David's reputation at the time? King Saul. So (laughs) after David is celebrated, King Saul becomes jealous. And, And the Bible goes on to say that Saul became afraid of David because the Lord was with David and not with him. That's in verse 12 of 1 Samuel 18. Isn't that true today? People will honor you because of your reputation and the great decisions you've made and the things you've done. And then there's always that one. (laughs) It usually one, sometimes more than one, that they're going to have jealousy built up in their heart. Envy. Anger. Right? Because you're more celebrated than they are. You could be, they could be fantastic at everything they do, but because you do it just as well as them, or slightly better, now they're what we call a quote-unquote hater. Now we got a hater. Even though God has blessed them. God has blessed them, but yet they're looking over at you side-eye because God has blessed you too. And now they're a hater. And see, David built this reputation because he didn't lead by what he what he said. David did led by not just by what he said, but by what he what he accomplished by his actions. He led by action, not just talk. Let me remind you: as a boy, he killed a lion. And a bear. And we know he killed Goliath, the great giant. He destroyed Philistines. Philistines. He was trusted to keep his word, and he did. David was a man of valor, of courage. And what I really like about him is David sought the Lord for answers. Guess what? Before he moved. Before he went out and did something that he should not have done, which is something I wish Saul had decided to do uh, when this prophet Samuel asked him to wait seven days before he burns any type of offering to the Lord. But, we know, Saul didn't wait. That's why the kingdom was ripped from Saul. But we know that. See, Saul had a reputation of being impatient. Saul had a reputation of doing the opposite of what God wanted him to do. You see the contrast between David and Saul? David was anointed. 
to be king. Before David took over that kingdom, Saul tried to kill him. Saul through matter of fact, in this same passage, 1 Samuel 18, King Saul ends up throwing a javelin at David to kill him. Jealousy. Hatred. I mean, what a contrast. Then you have David who would not dare touch the Lord's anointing to kill Saul. He had opportunity to kill Saul twice. Twice. But he wouldn't do it because he said he can't lift his hand and touch the anointing of the Lord. But Saul didn't have a problem. <laughs> Saul didn't have a problem trying to kill David. Not at all. Not one bit. But see, David was trusted. David was trusted to do what he had to do. And so Saul, it could not have been more different. Saul and David. Not at all. And so when I think about David, I think about his faithfulness. I think about how he respected the Lord so much that he helped build a great reputation. A great reputation. And that's what we all must do. Because sometimes, I mean, there are people out there that are going to push those buttons. And some of them, they, they just want to push your buttons because they feel like they can. So, so, my friends, I will remind you that your reputation, when you're in those moments, when people are pushing your buttons, your reputation is to be protected. It's to be protected. Your reputation will precede you often. So what type of reputation do you want? What type of reputation do you want? We have to be careful. When I think about Rahab, third character I want to mention tonight, Rahab. Rahab the harlot is who I'm talking about, right? If you don't know the story of Rahab, how she hid the spies who had come into the town to uh, spy out the land because they were going to take it. <laughs> she hid them instead of allow the king to kill them. So I'm going to I'm going to take some time and I'm going to read that chapter. It's Joshua chapter 2. And I'm just going to read it. It's it's a short chapter. Uh, and so I'm just going to read that. I'm going to read that, but as I read it, think of this. For some people, for some people, we are the only Bible they will ever see. So you have to protect your reputation and you know we call her Rahab the harlot because she was a prostitute but remember it's not how you start it's how you finish and this prostitute woman 
was blessed of the Lord. This prostitute woman was blessed of the Lord. And Joshua chapter 2 says this. It says, Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. Go, look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab. Bring out the men who came to you and entered your house because they have come to spy out the whole land. Now, this is what she did. Verse four says, but the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they had come from. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, they left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax she had laid out on the roof. So the men set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that leads, excuse me, <clears throat> that leads to, uh, boy, I lost my place. Okay, I'll go back to six. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax she had laid out on the roof. So the men set out in the pursuit of the spies on the road that leads to the fords of the Jordan. And as soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. You see that? So she is protecting them. She's not going to allow the king and his men to kill these two spies. She told them, no, look, they went over there. Go get them. <laughs> but they were upstairs hiding under flags. Right? But you see, she was building she was building her reputation. We're reading about her today. I mean, <laughs> so obviously, obviously, she built a good reputation. Right? Verse 8 says, Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land. She says, I know that the Lord has given you this land. Listen to her prophesying. I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that who all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for for you when you came out of Egypt. And when you did to, to Sihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites, east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. Woo! This woman is telling these two Israelite spies, we know who God is. We know God is God in heaven above and on earth below. And see, the Israelites under Moses and Joshua had built a reputation that they didn't mess around. And when they came into town, you knew what was going to happen? They were taking that land because God was with them. See, they built a reputation. And in turn, Rahab built a reputation. Do you see that? She, she's telling them, we know. We know your God is God in heaven and God on the earth. She's telling them that. She's telling them. Verse 12, now, 
please swear to me. This is her. Now, now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death. Verse 14, our lives for your lives, the men assured her. If you don't tell what we are doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. Look at that. Look at that. So she let them down by a rope through the window, for the house she lived in was part of the city wall. It was part of the city wall. And uh, she said, she said to them, go to the hills so the pursuers will not find you. Hide yourselves there three days until they return and then go on your way. Wow. Wow. Verse 17. Now, when the men had said to her, this oath you made us swear will not be binding on us unless when we enter the land. Listen to this. You have tied the scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And unless you have brought your father and your mother, your brothers and all your family into your house, if any of them go outside your house into the street, their blood will be on their own heads. We will not be responsible. As for those who are in the house with you, their blood will be on our head if a hand is laid on them. Praise the Lord. But if you tell what we are doing, we will be released from the oath you made us swear. Wow. And she says, agreed. She replied, let it be as you say. So she went. So she sent them away and they departed. And she tied the scarlet cord in the window. In the window. One <clears throat> One thing I want to tell you, when the Lord wants to make a way for you, he's going to make a way for you. Now, this woman entered into an agreement with these Israelites that her life, the life of her family would be spared. But she needed to tie that scarlet cord. What does that remind you of? Does that remind you of the Passover when they had to put the blood on the post? But they tied a, she tied a scarlet cord. In the same window that she helped rescue these Israelites. And that same window with the scarlet cord helped rescue her. You see that? Do unto others as you will have them do unto you. Right? Be careful. Be careful because that's all a part of the reputation. Treating people the way you want to be treated. That's all a part of it. Praise God. That's right. Wow. That's amazing. So verse 22. It says, well, I'll go back to 21. Agreed, she replied. Let it be as you say. So she sent them away and they departed and she tied the scarlet cord in the window. Verse 22. When they left, they went into the hills and stayed there three days until the pursuers, until the pursuers, had searched all along the road and returned without finding them. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? Then the two men started back. They went down out of the hills, forded the river, and came to Joshua, son of Nun, and told him everything that had happened to them. They said to Joshua, The Lord has surely given the whole land into our hands. All the people are melting in fear because of us. And that's the end of that chapter. My Lord. Do you see how the Lord spared her life? The Israelites had a reputation that the Lord was with them. And whoever stood before them 
will be utterly destroyed. Rahab built her reputation of showing these Israelites honor and she protected them. And in turn, the Lord protected her. You see that? And see, I know some people would say, well, she was a harlot. She was a harlot. See, they'll miss the part about how this woman gave God respect and gave him glory and told and said, she acknowledged, we know God is with you and we know he is God of heaven and of earth. See, they'll miss what she did. And isn't that true today? People will dig up things from your past five, ten years ago and they'll say, well, I know that person. They're a fantastic person now. Oh, but remember when they did, and you can fill in the blank, whatever that that blank may be. Oh, well, remember when such and such was doing such and such with such and who? They won't they won't think about who you are today. They won't even ascribe or subscribe to the fact that you've been redeemed by the blood. They'll try to go back into that old closet. And bring out things that has nothing to do. Things you, that doesn't even fit you anymore. You can't even wear those things anymore. It doesn't even fit. But they'll go back in and try to bring out that old jacket of sin. And try to put it back on you. That's man. That's what they do. That's what they do. But they won't give you the honor. And the respect you deserve today. Because their minds are still in yesteryear. But here's the good news. God knows who you are. He knows who you are. They won't leave the past in the past. Oh, no, no. They can't do that. They won't focus on the fact that you're a new creation, forgiven and redeemed by God. Oh, no. They'll always be like, do you remember when she did thus and so? Even if it's 20 years ago. 20 years ago and I you know and for those people like that let me remind you that the Bible says and such were some of you but now you're washed and redeemed see you 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 were not always acting as if you were highly favored and anointed now now don't let me tell it okay so you point a finger at somebody you know that figure can curve right back around real quick. I mean, people like that who will always judge you by your past, they don't even know who you are now. They don't know. They're not paying attention. Their minds, it just, they, their minds automatically think back to a poor decision you made, a challenge you didn't overcome. Maybe a failure you were involved in. A time when you didn't exercise good judgment. That's what they're focused on. But let me say this to you. Don't you dare. Let their words. Penetrate your spirit. Once. Don't you dare. Because see. God knows who you are. And you know who you are. And even people in the church. They have caused such church hurt all around this world 
it's not even funny because many of them are too judgmental. I've met people out on the streets doing ministry, and they will say to me, Brother John, I really don't want to go to church. Why don't you want to go to church? Because I don't have any clothes. I don't have proper clothes. You know, I can't go get my hair did. I mean, something that's so carnal and and legalistic. Or, you know, I did such and such at such and such a time in my life and I'm embarrassed. Listen, we as a as the body of Christ, we have to do better. We have to do better. And we have to remember. We have to remember that we were not always we were what what I'm trying to say is we were once like them okay you have to have compassion and grace and mercy for people you have to remember where you came from before you start pointing fingers at somebody else right and so we have to be very careful be very careful when we go to pointing those fingers and quite honestly if you're pointing a finger to me that's not a person who's working hard enough on their own reputation okay clean up around your front door before you clean up around somebody else's that's what I would say do that do that and the thing about it is, another another issue, another uh, key is, you have to remember, people are paying attention to us that basically, we may not even know them. We may not even know them, but they're paying attention to us. For many people, we are the only Bible some will ever read. I mentioned that earlier a little bit. They're not coming to church. Not everyone's coming to church. I mean, you see more people coming to church on Easter than any other weekend throughout the year, right? So, and not everyone's going to turn on biblical broadcasting. Not everybody's going to listen to a podcast like this. Not everyone's going to listen to this. But they will watch people in the workplace who say they're Christians. They'll do that. They'll watch people in everyday walk of life to see who they really are. Now, granted, some looks just so they can point a finger at you when you mess up. (laughs) That's just real. That's what some of them do. Just so they can say, aha, thought you said you were were a Christian. Why did you make that decision? Some may look because they're curious about Christianity. Okay, maybe. And they 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 will they will use us as a spiritual barometer. They'll take our spiritual temperature real quick. Some of them will even try you. They'll say crazy things to even try to make you mad to see exactly what do you really have. They will test you. They will try you all a part of building your reputation your good reputation 
So, friends, I would encourage you to be careful. We have to protect our good reputation and walk in our integrity. We have to be powerful in word and in deed. Okay? Got to be powerful in word and in deed. And be careful because there are entrapments along the way. There are. It's no different than, you know, you're driving and, and there's a speed trap where you have police officers with their speed guns on the ready, at the ready, waiting for you to zoom by, going a few miles per hour than you should have, right? Such is life for us. There's people that they're ready. They're going to pounce on you. I'm telling you right now, they will pounce on you the minute you step out of Christian character. They will. And they'll be clicking. Some of them, some of them, they've been in church forever. I, I'm just being real with you. And they can quote scripture. They know Bible and they'll tell you right quick. But they do it not from a standpoint of actually trying to correct and, and assist. They'll do it from a standpoint of pointing a finger. Because isn't it also true? People will often put you down to feel like they have exalted themselves. That's just real. That's that's how it works today. That's how it works. You know, I have a saying <laughs> I like to say, when someone brings me some mess and it's like messy mess. And you know, I could easily get myself hooked up into that messy mess. I I tell them real quick. I do not get caught up in the weeds. I'm sorry. I don't allow people to draw me into things that breed controversy. Mm-mm. No. Because you know what happened? I had to learn this. You know what happened? They'll bring it to you. But when you say something, or you comment on it, or let's say you choose a side, you know what they'll do? How come your names your name will become more prevalent in that mess than theirs? Isn't that amazing how that works? So I would encourage you friends, don't let folks draw you into their controversy. Stay out of the weeds. The United States spends billions of dollars every year, the farmers do, on pesticides for a reason to kill those weeds. You know what you have to do? You kill those weeds with the word. And do not be a busybody. I'm here to tell you that right now. Somebody bring you a bunch of weeds. The pesticide is the word of God. Mm-mm. And you just stay out of it. Walk away if you have to. Mm-mm. And, and just try to keep a nucleus of people around you that you can trust who won't bring you a whole bunch of messy mess because they will. They will. Because... One other thing is true. If you walk around with people who shouldn't be a part of your journey anyway, right? Unproven people who are always bringing you messy mess, I like to say. You're going to find yourself defending yourself more often than you should. Know your surroundings. Know your surroundings. Surround yourself with people that you can trust. Surround yourself with people who stay out of the weeds. People who instead of spreading weeds, causing those weeds to grow. How about some folks who call you and 
you can pray about it together. You can pray about that thing. Hmm? And you have to be careful what you let come out of your mouth, my friends. Be careful because it could spark a weed. It could, it could grow a weed. Be careful. I like what Philippians chapter 1 verse 27 says. It says, only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. We got to watch our conduct. We got to watch our conduct and focus. Focus on what's important as it relates to the gospel of Christ. You have to be careful. Praise God. You have to be careful, saints. Very careful. You know, not being careful has ruined so many reputations. I'm talking about people who we've looked up to, who we felt were like really super godly people, right? But they ruined their reputation but not be doing a better job of protecting their reputation. They took things for granted. Don't be one of them. They can, maybe perhaps they came to a point of arrogance thinking they wouldn't get caught. You know, they might have started telling little white lies thinking they're going to get away with it. Maybe they had a bunch of affairs or maybe one. But they believed somehow in their own mind that they were different, that they'd never be exposed. They didn't do a good job of protecting their reputation. But it just so happens the God we serve is not going to be in the business of helping you hide your poor behavior. Mm-mm. You're going to get yourself exposed. You will get exposed. You may think it'll never happen to you, but you'll get yourself exposed. It's just a matter of time. I mean, when you read the book of Numbers, specifically chapter 32, verse 23, it says, but if ye will not do so, behold, ye have sinned against the Lord and be sure your sin will find you out. It will find you. Now, of course, you know, this is when <clears throat> excuse me, Moses was talking about going in to attack the people and uh, subdue the land. You know, he was telling them, OK, now, if you don't help, let me tell you what's going to happen. You've sinned against the Lord and be sure your sin will find you out. It will find you. You can turn on the television today. I promise you. And if you look for it, you're going to find a story about someone in Christendom who has, like some people say, fallen from grace. I don't really like to use that term because I don't like the connotation. I mean, if you breathe and you still have God's grace, that's the way I see it. Okay, you guys may differ from me, but that's how I see it. But you can turn on the television. You're going to find someone who made a huge miscalculation. I mean, be it worship leaders, pastors, evangelists, prophets, teachers, you name it. Sunday school teacher, uh, church bus driver, it doesn't matter. Somebody would have had a lack of, a lack of judgment. They would have exercised poor judgment. And then they will, they will get, find themselves exposed. Because I'm here to tell you, no one is so special and anointed that God will help us hide sin. 
<laughs> it's going to find you out. James chapter 1, what does it say? And I'm going to paraphrase. When you're tempted, right? When you're tempted, temptation and all of that is going to lead to sin. And when sin, when it's full grown, guess what? It brings forth death. That doesn't necessarily mean physical death, but it may mean the death of your ministry. It may mean the death of your reputation. Matter of fact, let me, I'm sitting right here in front of the computer. I'm just going to read that. Let me go to it real quick. Let me go to James chapter one real quick. And I'm going to drop down here to uh, verse 13. And here's what it says. It says, when tempted, and I'm reading from the NIV, when tempted, no one should say God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, verse 15, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. And then verse 16 says, don't be deceived, my brothers and sisters. Don't be deceived. Okay? Don't be deceived. Because I'm here to tell you that no one is so special that God is going to continually help you or help you hide sin. Okay? It's not that way. You're going to find out that God is a holy God. And he says, be holy for he is holy. That's what he said. Take him at his word. Believe what I tell you. And to further drive this point home, let me read Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6 to 11. It says, for whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? You're a son, so he's going to correct you. Or you're a daughter, he's going to correct you. You expect him not to? He's God. And he's your Lord. He's your father. Verse 8. Eight says, but if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Okay? Amen. Furthermore, furthermore um, in verse 9, furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the fathers of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Praise God. Verse 11. Now, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous. Well, no, it's not fun when you're being chastised, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto which unto them which are exercised thereby. So in other words, he might chast- chastise us, because I have to include myself, he might chastise us, but it's so that he can get the best version of us after we've been chastised. That's the best way I can put those scriptures. Because we are sons and daughters, not bastards. Okay? That's who we are. That's who we are. That's who we are. So in reference to reputation and these scriptures, our lives will speak more for us than any words could ever speak. 
than any words could ever speak. That's why it's important to protect your reputation. Your reputation. Don't worry about the rumors. You know, a funny thing happens is I've seen how rumors seem to take care of themselves. You know, a person starts to lie about you. And people begin to believe it and it it snowballs. Those things have a way of backfiring. I've seen it. Okay, so I, I would pray for the individuals who might have started false rumors. But just know that. When you give it to God, even when you don't give it to God, it's in his word. He's going to protect you. Those things take care of themselves. You don't have to wish anything bad on anybody. Not at all. You just stand your ground and have the character God wants you to have, the character you're supposed to have. And you protect your reputation. You protect your reputation. Now, I'm going to take a few minutes. And I'm going to talk to you about how do we keep our reputation, our good reputation, in this very challenging world. But how do we keep our reputation untarnished? I have a couple of keys I'd like to go over real quick. There are more, but these are the keys that I have. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 through 3, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brother, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. He called that service reasonable, and it is. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I need to read that again. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How can you go through this life with a mind that's not transformed and say you're Christian? It's not possible. It's not possible. Because remember, Jesus said himself, out of the abundance of the heart, heart the mouth speaks what's in your heart is going to come out but see having a good reputation is built in the heart and when you speak you should be speaking life you should be speaking life you should be speaking encouragement like Barnabas son of encouragement Barnabas son of exhortation Barnabas you should be speaking life encouragement Exhortation, giving all praise and honor to God, regardless of your situation. Verse 3 says, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself, here you go, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Praise God. And I would encourage you to go back in your time, in your spare time, and read Romans chapter 12. Don't just read it, if I may be bold enough to suggest it. Don't just read it, but study it. Study it. If you have a Greek and Hebrew lexicon, pull it out. Pick out some of those words and read the Greek meaning of those words, because as we know, 
the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. The New Testament was really written, originally written in Greek. Pull out those words. Pull them out. And begin to understand what these words mean. Okay. So how do we keep our reputation? You want to avoid foolish things. I mean, there's so many scriptures in Psalms and Proverbs about avoiding the foolish and speaking foolish things, using wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Right? Avoid foolish things. Foolish things, you get yourself involved up in those weeds again, guess what? You're going to be so tangled up in weeds it will be very difficult for you to free yourself because you're now distracted. You're distracted. And you're tangled up in the things that, number one, most likely don't even involve you. Number two, you're probably listening to a busybody and a gossiper. You've gotten yourself caught up in the weeds. Now you need pesticide to get out. And that pesticide is the word. (laughs) I'm here to tell you. That double-edged sword that cuts coming and going. You're going to have to cut through all those weeds. Set yourself free. Avoid the foolish. I mean, Titus chapter 3 verse 9 says, but avoid foolish questions. Don't even take the foolish questions. But avoid foolish questions and genealogies and contentions and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable and vain. Get the foolishness away. Get it away not worth it. 2 Timothy 2 verse 22 to 26 says this, flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. But foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strife. Verse 24, and the servant of the Lord, this is key, and the servant of the Lord must not strive, argue, but be gentle unto all men apt to teach patient in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves if God preventure or if God perhaps will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth verse 26 and they and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will see and that's important we have to remember saints People may come at us with these foolish ideas, questions, get us caught up in things we shouldn't be caught up in. You have to look behind or beyond them and remember that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, Ephesians chapter 6. But it says right here in verse 27, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him and his will. Some people are just taken captive by the devil himself and they throw all kinds of crazy things at you. And if you're not careful, you get caught up in those things. That's why reading the word of God and studying to show yourself approved is so vitally important. Vitally important. So what do we have so far? How to keep your reputation. We talked about Romans 12, verse 1 through 3. Avoid foolish things. We hit on Titus chapter 3, verse 9. 2 Timothy chapter 2, 
verses 22 to 26. And then here's another key. Watch your lips. Watch your lips. Again, there's so many verses in Proverbs and Psalms about being careful what comes out of your mouth. Don't fall into that trap. Watch your lips. Proverbs 13, verse 3 says, He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life, but he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. Be careful what you let come out of your mouth because, listen, I've seen it firsthand. I've seen it in business where a person is talking so much and saying so much. They're talking to the wrong person at the wrong time about the wrong issue. And next thing you know, everything they want it to happen comes to a screeching halt because they talk too much. They talk too much. And they've said the wrong thing to the wrong person. The wrong thing to the wrong person at the wrong time. You know, <laughs> my mother, I laugh, I chuckle because my mother, <laughs> she tells, <laughs> she tell her kids all the time, you know, she tell her, told us about a story, uh, this young man back home where she's from many years ago, this young man, <laughs> he would see a lot of happenings in the community. He He would know a lot about what's going on behind the scenes. And people knew that he knew. And so older people would go to him. These adults. He was just a kid. Um, and they would ask him, hey, did you see such and such happen? You know what he would say to them? I don't know. And that, that's what he was known for, always saying, I don't know. I'm not suggesting you should lie to people, so don't don't come at me with that. That's not what I'm saying. But he would not allow himself to get caught up in the weeds no no he stayed out of it he could have seen exactly what you asked him about but he's not telling you okay now some things you might want to tell but I'm just simply saying we have to be careful about what comes out of our mouth we have to watch our lips furthermore on that point Ephesians 4 verse 29 clearly tells us, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. That's Ephesians 4 verse 29. Got to watch what comes out of our mouth. So we're avoiding foolish things. We're watching our lips. And guess what else we need to do? Meditate on God's word. I'm talking about how to build a good reputation and protect the reputation we have. Meditate on God's word. Psalm 1 verse 1 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. That's a wise man. That's a wise man. He doesn't take counsel from the ungodly. Uh-uh. And he, you're not going to number him as being a part of those in the congregation with all the people who stirring up strife and confusion and 
He's not sitting in the seat of the scornful, always pointing a finger at somebody and pointing out all of their deficiencies. And we do that a lot in, in, in Christianity. We always, people are always pointing out what others have done wrong. They do that a lot. Which is going back to the point I made earlier about some people, they don't want to come to church. Because they feel that it's going to, the judgment level or the judgment barometer is going to be just so out the roof, they won't be able to stand it. That's not good. That's not who the church is supposed to be. No, not at all. The church is supposed to be a hospital. It's supposed to be a hospital for those who need to be mended and healed. Right? Healing often takes time. But if nobody wants to sit in your church because people are always pointing fingers and telling them what they did wrong, they're not going to mend properly. It's like a broken bone. If you don't set it right, you may have gone to get care for it, but if you don't set it right, it's not going to grow back right. And the church is supposed to set it right. Supposed to set it right. And give it time, let it heal, let it grow back. That's what the church is supposed to be. And so our reputation is not much different. We have to be careful of those fingers we point. And the Bible says we have to live at peace with every man. You're going to have people that's going to challenge your peace. We know that though. You're going to have that difficult person that you need to get along with. You're going to have that person that's going to go out of their way to disrupt your peace. It might even, it may even be a backstabbing friend or so-called friend, right? A jealous so-called, quote, friend. That could happen. That has happened. But yet the Bible teaches us in Romans 12, verse 18, it says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Sometimes it's not up to us. That's why I love the way this is phrased. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. You do your part. You do your part. God will do the rest. You do your part. Next key. And we're almost done here. Next key. Pray without ceasing. You want to protect your reputation? Pray without ceasing. First Thessalonians 5, 15 to 18 says, See that none render evil for evil. See that none render evil for evil, but unto any man, unto any man but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Verse 16, rejoice evermore. 17, pray without ceasing. 18, everything give thanks. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. A little while back, I had a, a teaching where I talked about praise is a weapon. Praise is a weapon. Give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. 
Pray without ceasing. Rejoice evermore. Render no one evil for evil. Follow that which is good, but both among yourself and to all men. Praise God. Praise God. That's what we have to do. You want to survive and keep your reputation intact in this challenging world? Keep it untarnished? Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Be mindful of the things of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things on the earth, the Bible says. Be cognizant. Be cognizant of how others feel, right? But don't compromise yourself. Don't compromise your reputation. Because I can promise you, as sure as I'm sitting here, there'll be an opportunity or opportunities for you to compromise, right? But what you do in that very moment could one day down the road pay off for yourself and somebody else if you just do the right thing. Do the right thing. The last key for tonight. Last key for tonight. And it's a big one. Probably the most important one. And I would say it is. Is walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. So you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the spirit. Galatians 5 verse 22 to 26. And here's what it says. It says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with their affections and lusts. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in this spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. Walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Vitally important. You want to survive this world. You want to build a good reputation. A good reputation will bring you to elevations in life that you would not ordinarily get. I promise you that. We have to protect it. Have to protect that reputation. Keep building. And be be careful. Watch those pitfalls, but walk in the spirit. Be careful. Use discernment. Use wisdom. Use knowledge and understanding. The Bible says in James, if you lack wisdom, ask of God who gives it to all liberally. If you lack wisdom. Now, you ask God for something, you wait on the answer. Don't go say, well, I prayed about it and I feel like I I, I get that. I understand that. And I'm not criticizing anyone, but I'm just simply saying you pray, you ask God for something. You wait on the answer, okay? Because just because you think you have an answer, that doesn't mean it's the the answer, okay? That's where praying without ceasing comes in, one of our keys tonight. 
but you walk in the spirit. Verse 25 says, we live in the spirit. Let us also walk in the spirit. So we're avoiding foolish things. We're watching our lips. We're meditating on God's word. We're praying without ceasing. And we're walking in the spirit. Praise God. We're walking in the spirit. Because that's that's what we have to do. Praise God. Walk in the spirit. Praise God. So I want to thank you all for listening. You've been so patient. And I know that this was this broadcast is a little longer than we normally go. But that's okay because this is important material. This is important material. This is about our reputations. I want to thank you. So I'm going to go ahead and pray right now. Lord, I want to thank you, Lord. I just I just give you praise, honor, and glory, God. I thank you for blessing the hearers tonight, for blessing the speaker tonight. God, I want to thank you, God, that you are an example for us to follow. That if we want a good reputation, we can look to you as an example. And we thank you for the characters in the Bible that we can also look to. But God, you are the author and the finisher of our faith. The Bible says those words really mean the perfecter and originator of our faith. Praise God. And Lord, we thank you. We thank you, God, that you will help us protect what you have given us, which is our reputation. And we'll continue to build on those reputations. We thank you for your help, God, for blessing us to walk in the spirit, to pray without ceasing, to meditate on your word, to watch our lips and avoid foolish things. We thank you for the word. Thank you, Lord. And I just want to say thank you. God, amen. And I wouldn't be worth anything if I didn't invite anyone who doesn't know the Lord to come to know the Lord, even right now. The Bible says the word is near you, even in your mouth. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, who he is, and you believe in your heart that he rose from the dead, rose from the dead, and he's seated at the right hand of God, and you ask him to be your Lord and Savior, he will be. So I want to invite you right now. To ask God to forgive you of your sins. And to wash you clean with his blood. Clean you up. Fill you with the Holy Ghost. And make you a new creation. Even right now. It doesn't matter what you've done in your life. You can even be in prison listening to this. Okay, fine. There are a lot of Christians in prison, by the way. They may not have started out that way, but they are now. I want you to know that. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Maybe you're that businessman or woman that you feel you've never done anything wrong in your life, but you have that void. But you know something is missing. But you want Jesus Christ into your life. Ask the Lord to forgive you your sins and be your Lord and Savior right now. Get into his word. And he will disciple you. Praise God. And he will lead you and guide you on what church to go to. But you have to let him do it. Don't get in your own way. That's one of the worst things you could do. Don't get in your own way. Let him lead you. Be led of God, not of man. Praise God. And so if you've asked God to forgive your sins and 
and be your Lord and Savior, then by faith, that's who he is. And I would encourage you to read Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. And I help you on your journey. Praise God. And so welcome. Welcome to the body of Christ. Those of you who have prayed that prayer. Again, I'm Brother John. This is Eliaship Power Ministries. We have this podcast and we do a few other things. But I just want you to be encouraged tonight. And for those individuals who feel like you you can't make it, you're just fed up with life and things aren't going your way. And, you know, you can be a very successful person. You can be a very physically beautiful person. But I want you to know that depression is not barred by your beauty. Depression is not barred by your success. But I know who could fix that. His name is Jesus. Okay? You hold on. You hold on. And you talk to him. Maybe you don't have any friends to talk to. Maybe you don't trust the friends you do have. I get it. But I'm talking to you about a friend who is still closer than a brother. I'm talking to you about a friend who will bless you. And he will show you his love every day. Maybe you're that person that's been hurt by someone you really care about. They've said some things to you that crushed your heart and your spirit. Maybe they did some things. And now you deem them as untrustworthy. Well, I know someone you can trust. His name is Jesus. Go to him. When you have no one else to go to, go to him. Even if you do have many people to go to, still go to him. And he can change your life for you. And he will. If you let him. You let go of the reins. And let him lead and guide you. And see what happens to your life. See what happens to your life. It'll change for the better. But you hold on. You hold on. God bless you. Again, this has been Brother John with Elisha Power Ministries. Thank you very much for listening in. Be blessed. Be at peace. And I hope to come forward with another message this week. Praise God. And I hope that you will listen and that uh, you'll be blessed. So God bless. This has been Brother John. Take care. Have a good evening. Thank you.